Hello. It's Thursday, the 22nd of June, the year of our Lord, 2023. It's just gone 11am here in the UK. So it's been quite a while uh, since we've had the Welsh wizard on. So much has happened. And looking now back over nearly three years of us together doing shows, the quality of the information, the accuracy of the information that our amazing Welsh wizard, Mr. Roy Davis, has been giving us for nearly the last three years. Our shows are literally like, go back to those shows and you're listening to everything that's going on today. Roy was one of the first people to talk about bricks, about the crash of the petrodollar. He's been the first to everything. And I am so delighted that we're still here, still going strong, Mr. Roy Davis. Hello. Hi, hello. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you? Yeah, yeah. I'm really good. It's been too long. I know you've been tied up with family things, but you have been missed. I have had lots of messages saying, when are you doing another show? So here we are. Well, right. Let's let's take it away. There's a kind of you to give the introduction, Lou. And part of the introduction is one of the reasons why I sort of cut back on a lot of my work is that much of what's happening now I've already commented upon, laid out what I thought was going to happen. And apart from predictions, which didn't come forward in the early days with Q, I would say that the general processes that I've outlined, that we've outlined, have come to fruition. So I get the feeling that I'm, I'm going over old ground all the time. Yeah, but but you're not, Roy, because people need reminding. People need well, to know. You're you right. know, so much is in that process right now, what with with the Trump arrest, everything so much is going on. And you said it. Well, you said it's, that to me two it, weeks ago. It's, and it's, you said it and you probably said it a year and a half ago, but two weeks ago you specifically said it, I expect Trump will be arraigned. Blah blah but, and boom. Yeah. Well the, the point is you are right in that it should be reiterated because I was discussing with um, I was entrenched with a couple of really good people on a on a you know, uh, I forgot what you call it, like me time or something like that, you know, Zoom. Telegram, like a Zoom. Zoom. Like, right. like, a, like a Zoom call. Okay. And, um, yeah, I was quite taken aback because uh, I thought I, I sort of thought that everybody understood. And uh, you're right, people sometimes forget and it needs to be restated. So I'll go over some of the basics and then go into detail. And... Uh, Ultimately, I'd like to take us back, not uh, you know, to the not, not so long ago, you know, ten years ago. Well, okay. uh, <laughs> take us back to George Bush when uh, he talked about uh, the New World Order. I think in one of his, because that's about thirty of, years ago, isn't it? Yeah, well, in that <laughs> speech, he was the first to bring up the New World Order and really punch it through, which raised it. Uh, which raised it to the public, and particularly to the uh, to the to the, uh, the prostituted media. It put it put the, it put it out in, if you like, for discussion. Now let's come up really to Klaus Schwab, uh, the WEF, the period that we're in now. And when I talk about uh, Schwab, this guy is a, a puppet of the deep state, and really all the political leaders now on a world scale, and particularly in the Western cabal-controlled countries, they are 
they are puppets. They will do what they are told. But you know, they pose the question. Schwab and Co. posed the question. They they were for a unipolar world. Now let's just remember what the unipolar world they put forward was all about. It was effectively linked to the uh, transnationals, uh, the TCCP, where big companies could override governments, where they couldn't be they couldn't be held to account. The law couldn't be national laws couldn't be applied to them, and effectively these transnationals would come together, and then you'd have a world government, and that would be for the betterment of us all if you listen to them. And that, if you like, the 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 distilled essence of this was the Georgia Guidestones, and the Georgia Guidestones have been destroyed now. But the guy responsible for them, it's never been proven, but it seems seemingly that Ted Turner and, a, and one or two other billionaires were the people behind it. But the point was, what did the Georgia Guidestones have to say? And the first, the first uh, number one on the Georgia Guidestones was the depopulation of the planet. And they said that uh, you know, 7.5 billion people needed to be done away with. That 500 million people was plenty for the planet. And what they were talking about, as they explained, was that they, the elite, maybe upwards of a million odd people, would give a life to the 500 million below them. Uh, and, and their job would be to be the servant class for them. As for the mass of humanity, well, it's that famous phrase that they consider us useless eaters. And they, they based it on the idea that technology would be able to provide, that such would be the degree of technology that uh, labor required to keep that type of population alive would be automated and uh, it would serve their purpose. Well, it was, it was never a goer from the word go. And their system was based on uh, that they would control from that world council, instead of having to supply money, you know, controlling central banks and the cabal issuing private money to control the printing machines, uh, debt-based money. They would then have a world council digital money, and uh, there'd be no. There'd be none of this problems about so they tell us debt ceilings, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now they weren't as brazen in putting it forward as just outline, but that was the idea—a unipolar world—and you can imagine. Well, you know, the basis for it was to eradicate ninety percent of humanity. Now, in opposition to that, were a number of countries, particularly Russia and China and India, who opposed unipolar and supported a multipolar world, the sovereign right of all nations to self-determination. And historically, these three countries, particularly China and India, always have had a, you know, a fought for sovereignty, have abided by it, have had a far more harmonious and, uh, if you like, beneficent outlook 
towards its population and humanity. Well, now those three countries and Brazil formed BRIC, and yeah, South Africa came on uh, 2006, I think, uh, 2000, maybe 2012, I'm not sure, and it became known as BRICS. And the ethos of BRICS is best, was best summed up by Putin. Now, you don't have to like Putin. You don't have to agree with everything he says. Uh, you, you, know, you don't even have to support what he, what he stands for. But if, if you listen to what he says, I find it hard to disagree with him, particularly on the perspective that he has for the world in contradistinction to the unipolar world. And this is what he said at the St. Petersburg International Economic Forum some five days ago. He was talking about uh, the WCC, the Western cabal-controlled countries, and particularly America. We deem this totally unacceptable when foreign rules and patterns are imposed, uh, often rudely and unceremoniously, on sovereign states. On the contrary, we support the rights of every people, every nation, and every unique civilization on any continent to preserve their, to preserve their identity, ensure the continuity of generations, and preserve traditional and moral values. Yeah, I don't care who you are. I don't care what, 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 what race, color, or creed you are. I believe that if you're sane and uh, you have good mind, counterpose what Putin is putting forward to Schwab and the Georgia Guidestones. Now, he's standing on the United Nations' right of nations to self-determination as the way forward. But... More than that, much more than that, because what underpins these differing philosophies is the control and issuance of money. Remember now, in the uh, globalist world, the banks, the issuance of money is in private hands, in the hands of uh, some elite families around the planet. But it's not the case with BRICS. The major banks and central banks not all of them, by the way, are under public control and ownership through the governments themselves. And another thing, I mentioned the. So they're not. Sorry, Roy. They're not. They're not going to. Then those BRICS countries aren't paying the for the interest like we are here, paying no, them to be privileged. You know, so the BRICS countries you, don't have yeah, that. And that's why there's financial assets don't play a big role uh, in in their systems in their governments. Okay. And when it does, it's because I'll deal with it later that they were forced to, uh, to, to have the dollar. But I'll deal with that. But they're under public control and ownership. And whereas the, the WCC countries, all of the leaders are you know, puppets, cabal puppets, that's not the case in the BRICS countries. And that's because to a greater degree, the deep state has been removed from key positions in governments, manufacturing companies and institutions. That said, they haven't been totally removed. And they are now moving away from a debt-based economy. They fully understand. Putin outlined in, in 2022, 
he outlined the need. He warned the, uh, the Valdai conference. He said to them, listen, you can see what's happening to us. They've frozen our foreign currency. They've taken it away from us. They're taking all our monies in the various banks of the world. They're, they're imposing sanctions never seen before. And it's, he explains the idea is to strangle us, to make us into uh, you know, a colonial pariah for them. Now, he, he made an appeal. He said, there's only one way for us to defeat them. These weren't the exact words, but he said we must remove the dollar, the US dollar, because it's been weaponized. Now, he made the appeal last year, and it is absolutely, it's, it's to see the developments that have taken place in 12 months now. I'm not so naive to think that this wasn't planned for by the BRICS, uh, BRICS countries. Let's never forget. Donald Trump came to power in 2016. You know, he met with Xi, Putin, uh, Modi, and effectively Donald Trump allowed them four to five years where they could go and build a Belt and Road initiative. He took the heat off them. They weren't in the public. And he also assisted them. I'll, I can deal with that a little bit later on. But the, you have that situation now where... The, the numbers of countries, and I'll, I'm going to touch on this, who've dumped the dollar, have de-dollarized, is growing on a daily basis. So from the point and perspective of Q, because supporters of Q, he hasn't, uh, he hasn't made many drops in the last few years, and that's entirely understandable. Now, the approach, what should the approach be? Well, that is, Q's approach is, is twofold. Q, very, uh, he doesn't mention the BRICS, but what he does do, he makes the point of the great families that control the WCC countries. Now, he didn't mention the BRICS because the leadership of Q, made up of the militaries of the good guys in different countries of the world, recognize that BRICS, what's being formed, is the new is the new world, and they're building a base up, and it's recognised that we're going to transfer to that base. You know, as we fall, that's going to be, if you like, uh, we're going to land. We're not going to crash land. We're not going to go into Mad Max. We'll have a few difficult weeks, maybe a month or two, but nevertheless, we will then be. Uh, we'll be okay. We'll be, we'll be fine. So, on the one hand, you had the bricks. And he didn't have to comment on that. And by the way, if Q had commented on the BRICS and outlined the developments in oil, uh, the de-dollarization, Ukraine, well, he may as well have given the game away to the state. But what he concentrated on was, uh, was, was America. And that was correct. And in effect, he's concentrated on the deep state and the institutions of the deep state. And <laughs> the pub... The, the, the posts, Roy, he doesn't need to mention. If you now go back and read over those posts, he doesn't need to. We can identify it now because it, 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 right, future does prove the past. So now we look at those past posts and we can relate practically every single post to current times right now. You, you can only do that, I think, if you have an understanding of bricks and what's happened on a world. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. On a, on a, on, on having a 40,000 foot view. And okay. that's why many of the Shutha community are entrenched 
and making big mistakes, not able to analyze bricks. You know, just think about the Lula development. Fuck, you know, according to ninety-five percent of them, Lula was a traitor, a weft puppet. You know, did the bidding. Nothing was further from the truth. But they all went down that alley because they don't understand. They have what I call American uh, spectacles. You know, they see things through the queue. The queue drops. But Q himself warned that we should have a world outlook, that we have to do our own research. And the most entrenched evil, demonic deep state on the planet is in the USA. And Q again, he gave us the order in which the deep state will be removed in each area of the world. And Saudi Arabia, the deep state was removed by MBS in the purge, uh, which he rounded them all up in the, I think it was the Riyadh Hotel. Let's not forget, MBS, uh, he, his, his mother is still uh, under house arrest. And that all came up, that decisive change in the outlook of MBS was uh, Donald Trump. If you go to Las Vegas, when I don't know, it's, it's actually in the queue drops, but uh, 45 gets information that the, the, that the deep state, the Saudi deep state, is going to take out MBS. He sends uh, you know, the, the, the military. Uh, the equivalent of special ops went in there. They explained to MBS what was taking place and they secured him. And uh, it is said that Trump was there and met him. They discussed. And that was, if you like, the beginning of the end. It proved to him that even his family, close family members, were out to get him. That the cabal, they ruled and uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the idea that blood was thicker than water didn't come into it. If you think about it, he had to jail his own mother. He had jail all his family. And they still, many of them are still incarcerated in house arrest. But my point is, the deep state, to a large degree, has been removed. And people say, well, how do you know that, Roy? That might be... Well, you know it. If you have a look at the relationship now with Saudi Arabia... And uh, America today, Saudi Arabia and the West, and then the relationship between Saudi Arabia and uh, China and Russia and India. You know, it's one thing to say, oh, yeah, America wasn't getting the oil. It was the, uh, the green agenda. Well, America now is getting a lot of its oil from the Middle East. America is putting enormous pressure. You know, Blinken went over to CNBS. You know, the last visit to say to him, you know, increase the oil. <laughs> yeah, and what did MBS do? He met him for under half an hour, by the way. He said he'd finished, and then he announced a million barrels per day cut starting July the 1st, on top of another million barrels he'd already declared. So you can see that Saudi Arabia now has moved completely away. It no longer uh, supports uh, America. And that's and that's been the case for the whole continent of Africa and South America, you know, the, the Asian countries. And they've only moved away because of the developments of what's taken place, particularly in the last two or three years. Now, 
the Ukraine conflict is, if you like, the Ukraine war, a war from this, a war from Ukraine's side, special military operation from Putin's side, has really exposed the role of uh, the cabal and the deep state and the organizations. NATO is totally discredited. Uh, the, the, e, the EU puppets have fallen one by one in regard to uh, the hegemon, the American cabal, the deep state, it's as if they genuflect in, in front of them. Germany has committed uh, Harry Carey. Its economy is down the drain. And it's all being done. You take Europe. It's, it's, it's uh, commercially, economically, it's down the pan. It can't recover. You know, I'll, come to, I'll come to that a bit later. But in the Ukraine, it was the use uh, to say that Zelensky orchestrated uh, developments and events. Yeah, you would rather say in that. But this this war, this conflict, was pushed from the word "go" by uh, by American uh, by the WCC leadership by America, by the US and by the various deep states and the different militaries of the world uh, in the Western cabal-controlled countries. And the outcome, yeah, I remember saying a year ago, there's only one winner. And uh, you, know, you see flack by saying, well, you don't, you're not watching the same news. And I used to reply, no, I'm not watching the same news as you. But now, you know, this latest attack, offensive by, uh, by Zelensky, and by the UDA, you know, it's been 15 days. And Zelensky agrees that there are 10,000 dead already. 10,000 plus dead already. That's Ukrainian soldiers. Plus tens of thousands injured. They're seeing a depletion, a total depletion of their weaponry. And a very interesting article came, was put forward in the Spiegel the German paper, where the reporter was discussing with uh, Ukrainian tank uh, drivers and a tank, uh, tank commander. And they openly admitted that they were driving the German Leopard tanks. And, um, you know, they, they literally were stopping them and saying, oh, there's a fault, we can't go any further, uh, or driving them so that they were damaged or they, t they tip over. And the reporter said that as far as the Ukrainians are concerned, every time the Russians saw and identified you know, a German leopard tank, then they would reserve for it a special destruction. They wouldn't miss, and they would absolutely kill everything, everybody inside. Uh, so <laughs> the morale of, of the troops is down to zero. You know, already 250,000, they destroyed, the Russians destroyed one army. Then they destroyed the second army, and now they're just finishing off. You know, less than 100 deaths for the Russian forces. And we're coming, I think we're coming to the end game, because you now see that there's a big uh, split between uh, the, the American deep state and the resident and Blinken and Newland 
and Zelensky. No, Zelensky said, you send, you're sending us weaponry, you're sending us systems that don't even work. We have to repair and work on them. To which Blinken uh, replied, well, you know, it, it, it's your fault. Your men aren't trained or they don't know how to take hold of this. We train them, but they, they're not very good at it. And Biden, when asked about Ukraine joining NATO, which they've held out for the last you know, year and a bit, said, yeah, they come in and said, no, there's no chance. So all roads are being shut down now. So people are saying, oh, there's going to be a black swan here to bring the European countries into it. And I don't believe so. I think you, you, you have the, the NATO meeting taking place in July, and that is enormously embarrassing now for the WCC leaders because all the monies they put in, all the lives that have been lost, and they've got nowhere. And I want to, before I go on to the economic aspect, you know, there's now reports coming in the serious, I wouldn't say the serious press, but the media, and the Washington Post and the New York Times, etc., that Zelensky with acknowledgement and agreement from the Russians is now going to send HIMARS and the British missiles into Crimea. Uh, they're going to increase the range of them, which they can do, and fire into Crimea. But Shoigu has said, if you do that, if you, do, if you consider doing that, then we'll take out, we'll take your heads off, effectively. That's what he said, you know. Yeah, we'll take your heads off. And what he means is that they know uh, the Russians are fully aware. Putin is fully aware where the command and control is in Kiev. And he would send, what they're saying is, they'll send the hypersonics in. They, yeah. will, anni they will annihilate the leadership. They will, they will kill them. And that's what the situation, you know, you've got a country now, 18 million people have gone. You know, all of the East, where the rich industry is, where the major industries are, where the, the, the commodities and minerals are, Russia now, Russia now has it. The ports Ukraine is cut off from. So now you've just got a rump of Ukraine. It's in a terrible, you know, 80% of its infrastructure, costing trillions of dollars, is now utterly destroyed. It will take years to rebuild that country. And what is the situation as far as Russia is concerned? Russia is now faster pace rebuilding. You know, Mariupol, if anybody looks at Mariupol now, it's astonishing. The new flats, the new houses, the, uh, the civic buildings, etc., which are going up now, the jobs are being created, the industries. That huge steelworks is now being regenerated. It's now going to, it won't start straight away, but parts of it are. The Russians are going to use you know, what essentially they built in the first place. They're now going to develop it. They're now going to you know, bring it up technological-wise. So it's, it's a huge development that's taking place. And the, and the Russian troops, they've not really end. Yeah. In this uh, a big counteroffensive, they've not really entered into it 
It's a fact that the Ukrainians haven't even, bro- they haven't even broached the first line of defense. You know, the first line of defense is where, where some tr- Russian troops are, but it's the second and third in which they want to draw the Ukraine troops into, and they're where they'll massacre them, where they've set all the traps, where they've did all the ditches, where they've got all the booby traps, the mines, etc., already. But the Ukrainians can't even get to the first to, to the first line of defense. They've been okay. slaughtered. Yes. So, yeah. I mean, we. What I'm, I'm noticing is it's still even the sort of like not so mainstreaming news. They are still portraying Putin as the villain. They're not. They don't bring in up the fact that Putin keeps saying, "We you know, let's do the talks." They're not mentioning that our countries are not are not prepared to sit down and talk that they they want the war. I mean, I've got people where I live in my village that have raised money and are driving um, trucks to Ukraine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's it's absolute insanity. But when do you think the media, even the a bit more alternative media, are going to see what we see? Because the, the whole of this country at the moment is still poor Ukraine, poor Ukraine. No, I wouldn't say all the countries. No, no, not all, but there is still a large chunk. Yeah, you know, the criminally syndicated media are controlling the situation, but in the alternative media. You have people like Scott Ritter and Colonel uh, Douglas McGregor. Now, McGregor was one of the, one of the key figures of, of 45's defence department. And they're, they're clear on what's taking place. And more to the point, they're clear on Putin. And they have the, stand, they have the standpoint. And I was listening to McGregor yesterday. Where he said, look, it's not about what their country, the characters of their country, it's about the truth and a lie. And he said, you know, as far as I'm concerned, there's only one person who speaks the truth, and that's Putin. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I was just a Scott Ritter early this morning. He said, yeah, the guy tells the truth. <laughs> he doesn't lie. You know, you, you know where you are. And they're both experts. And, you know, they just, they're just, um, they're amazed. These are people who have fought in wars, you know, been leaders of men. You know, they, they're amazed that, Putin hasn't applied the same tactics on Ukraine as the Ukrainians have done on the Russian people. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, McGregor said, I, can't, I don't understand why he's held back because he, he, they're killing. In a, he said the Ukrainians are killing fellow Ukrainians and fellow Russians. They don't give a damn for civilian life. And yeah, you have, he said, Putin and the Russian forces. Literally, when they come to a block of flats, take, they'd hit, it'd take maybe three days and they'll not reply to fire that's coming from it unless they've secured the lives of the people in it. And he said, that's what they're doing. So he said, it could be all over in an instant, but he said, they're not doing that. So it's like everything else. The mass of people, you know, they certainly don't understand the role of currency. They don't understand the, uh, the role of pedophilia. They don't understand the syndicated criminal press. They don't understand the wars and what they're all about. That's coming. A lot more people do than did. And more and more, and I'll, I'll touch on it, you know, in America now, uh, you don't have to convince the mass of Americans that there's a two-tier justice system. They absolutely know that. But why do they know it? Well, they know it because of the years that the resident has been in power 
you know, think about it. Uh, I, I will touch it. I'll come back to it. But the, uh, the, the economic sanctions, the weapons of mass destruction, you know, I'll get back to it. The West said, oh, that it's the end. You know, the Russian ruble, you know, the World Economic Forum and Davos even discussed parts of Russia and how they were going to pass it out when the Ukraine, when Ukrainians finally won. Like they, they did. They had it all planned. And there was never a chance that that could happen. And, you know, Putin, as I mentioned earlier, he, he warned what was happening to Russia. It's, go, it's going to take place. It's going to take place in your country. He, he did that. He told them, as I said, in the Valdez conference in 2022. But we just had the, uh, the, the Valdez, the St. Petersburg International Economic Forum, you know, three or four days ago. It finished two days ago. Now, that's the equivalent of Davos. You know, that's its alternative for the WCC. You know, in Davos, you know, they don't even let the reporters in the meetings. They're all closed meetings. But let me give you an, an idea of what this conference is about. It's held by Russia, by the way. And they say, oh, Russia, you know, it's a third world economy. It's not going anywhere. It's being defeated. Well, 150 nations turned up to that conference. It had 17,000 delegates to the conference. And next to China and Russia, the next biggest delegation, have a guess where the next biggest delegation is from, who? The biggest delegation, uh, China? Well, well, China was the biggest. India was the big, next biggest. Have a guess who's in the top four. Well, it'd be Russia then, wouldn't it? No, the USA. Oh, okay. Now, and the reason I'm saying this is that France, USA, they were all there. Now, you said they were officially, remember now, this is an economic forum about businesses, about developments. Now, you had $3 trillion, worth, three trillion rubles worth of deals that should open them public, but you had a hell of a set more that were covered by NDAs. Now, that's important. But why would American companies be going out en masse to Russia on the basis of defeated country? We're going to have it. It's ours. Because they, they know the difference between bullshit and reality. And they know, that the, they know that their own system is about to fall. You know, many of these people, you know, they went to the Valdai conference last year, listened to Putin talk about de-dollarization, and a year later they've seen what's been done, so they, bang, we've got to get over there. So this idea that it's, a, it's, a, it's an isolated country on its own, that it's got a weak economy, that we've got it unsanctioned, it's beginning to fail, it's utter and absolute propaganda and bullshit. You know, every major country, the 150 countries, and all the major countries of the world were there. And But the, you know, the, the, the key point being made, you know, was, was made uh, by, uh, by, by Glaziev, where, listen to this, in 2010, I don't know, I think it was Glaziev, yeah, he mentions that uh, China had 25% of the world economy, uh, and that uh, America had 25% manufacturing commodities, not, not financial assets. In 2023, he said, <laughs> because he made the point that they haven't given figures for the last two years, and everybody laughed. But in 2023, he said, China has 55% of the manufacturing world economy. America is down to 11%. And Europe and the rest of them, they don't, they don't get 9%. 
Russia is about to overtake Germany as a manufacturing industrial power. So the enormous change that has taken place has spurred the rest of these Western cabal-controlled countries. They said they haven't said anything, but they've looked at Biden and Blinken and the rest of them and said, "Shut that! We're going over there. That's where." That's where the manufacturing weight of the world is. We've got to get in on it. And at that, at that conference, Putin did speak. And he, he made the point that of the uh, 25 countries going to join, uh, 25, there were 25, uh, sorry, uh, people have in, uh, countries have indicated that they want to join BRICS, but he didn't say they were all going to get in. Some will. But he made the point that oil is not an energy is now not in the control of the w, the Western controlled cabal countries. No, as a matter of fact, they're stealing oil from BRICS countries. I'll, I'll come into that. But he said that he made it, he said that they just had discussions prior to the conference with some of the countries that want to join BRICS. I know he, you know, he, he mentioned Saudi Arabia, Venezuela, Argentina, Iran, Algeria. You know, people say, somebody said to me, Algeria, well, I said, it is the biggest country in Africa. It has, it has huge oil. And, no, it's not. Oh, okay. Then. And it's, in, a, in a sense, it's not understanding of the weight of wealth in these continents now. And we're, the era of financial assets, it's all falling. It's going to explode. And all these WCC countries, they're heavy in financial assets and very, very weak on manufacturing capacity and goods and commodities. So you can see that it's all falling into place. Now, Putin made a statement that the BRICS countries, remember how they're going to be increased, will move to paying for oil in yuan, will move to paying for gas in yuan. That will be the fuse that will start to bring down the global currencies. Because once that happens, once uh, the likes of, well, the UAE is already paying, uh, you know, France is already paying in yuan for the gas. But once countries like Saudi Arabia, Iran, you know, the, the Gulf Cooperation countries start paying in yuan, that's the end of the petrodollar. The end of the petrodollar would usher in the beginning of the end of the dollar as a, as a currency, as a currency itself. And what is the state of play? Very briefly, because I'm going to leave this them now. You, the, the debt, the debt bubble, the enormous incubus of hundreds of trillions. You know, it's estimated it's two quadrillion of debt now in the WCC countries. As I mentioned earlier, many of the countries of BRICS, they, didn't, they haven't been infected by, uh, by financialization. You know, people say, oh, China was, look at the, look at the property deal. Look at, yeah, well, it wasn't actually. You know, that was done, if you like, on the private stock exchange in China. You know, yeah. She said, he, well, I'm not paying any bonds. He said, no, we're not bailing anybody out. And he didn't. He didn't bail anybody out. If they're going to fall, they're going to fall. He stepped in and said, we'll take over the ones 
you know, they're in the middle of building, and we'll finish the building, we'll finance that, but they're ours. And that's what he did. Russia's got virtually nothing. India's very safe. So you have that. Uh, these countries have got low inflation. Their interest rates, you know, I think Russia's the highest on 7%. You know, our interest rates, uh, uh, sorry, uh, in interest rates are really way higher than 7%. I'll come, I'll come into that. But inflation, there's some inflation, you know, 3%, I think, and 2%. In in four uh, percent in the BRICS countries, that's the part of, uh, the, the, that's Russia, China, and India. But if you have a look at Britain, eight point seven percent, eight point seven percent inflation. It was eight point seven percent last month. And Sunak, Andrew Bailey, uh, the Office for Budget Responsibility, which I renamed the Office of Bloody Retards. They all said that, don't worry about it, we'll see a significant drop in June. Uh, we'll see a significant drop in May. It, they estimate it's going to come down 1.5% to 1.7%. What happens? It's 8.7%. It's not gone down at all. They were not going to have interest rates. Well, you're going to have an interest rate rise today. Now the interest on our debt is bigger than our GDP. And Britain is in a very parlous state. It's in a very, very parlous state. Whereas I thought that possibly the yen or the euro might fall first. You have a situation where sterling, is, it, it, there could be a run on gilts which could destroy uh, sterling, uh, de destroy the pound. If you look at America, you know, that debt ceiling, oh, Biden said we've got success. The Fed, it literally, it printed a trillion dollars in four days, five days. It sold it in 10 days. But who did it sell it to? It got the banks to buy it. In other words, the banks used up all the deposits to buy up the debt, to buy up the bonds. Now, you see bonds, are, bonds will bring down the world market in the WCC. The yields... That's the interest on the bonds. Must keep on going up and up and up. But as they go up, the bonds then that were initially given a couple of years ago, 2%, well, they fall. Nobody wants them. You sell them dirt cheap. So you have a, a pyramid, a huge pyramid of cash being built up now just to keep going. And in Britain and in the US, let's be clear about this. The, the central banks, they're buying the bonds the same as they own many of the major companies. Now, I've mentioned Germany. That's, over, that's been overtaken by Russia. So, and I mentioned that wasn't the case in the BRICS. But one of the, one of the concomitants of developments that are taking place across the world now, I mentioned that the U.S. Uh, manufacturing People went over to St. Peter's, the Spief Conference, obviously to have a look what's going on, to invest, to see where they can put money. But in Europe, you have, on the one hand, Duda, who's the Prime Minister of Poland, he's saying, you know, he initially was saying, he's not saying, he said, well, you know, we're going to assist Ukraine 
with, a, with a view they had to take in a part of Ukraine back into Poland. But that's all dropped now. You know, Duda has now announced that Poland is going to have a referendum on the EU. What does that mean? Well, that means that they want to leave the EU. Well, it's a simple question to be asked then. If you're going to leave the EU, you know, who are you looking to? Well, that's obvious. They're looking to Russia. And more than that, Poland's been buying gold, physical gold. And it's on that point that, uh, that, that everything will flip. It's not an accident that most of these countries, you know, Zimbabwe buying gold, Iraq, Iran, everybody in the BRICS, in the Asian countries, in Latin and South America, they're all buying gold. Why? Well, one of the ways that the dollar is being brought down is that many countries are signing bilateral agreements. What are bilateral agreements? Well, a bilateral agreement uh, under the auspices of BRICS Plus is that you trade with your own currency. You don't have the dollar. People say, what difference does that make? Well, it's simple. You have, say you have two African countries. One has oil and the other has wheat, and they historically have always traded each other. Well, they've always had to trade in dollars. So what does that mean? Well, you know, if they wanted $100, the idea was that they had to send $100 worth of goods to, uh, to America. But America, they want to... You know, they weren't stupid. They said, well, you want the dollar? Well, you know, we're the ones who print it. Yeah, he has to give us $150 worth of goods. So they would cream up 50% on the exchange rate to these poorer countries. That's gone now. That's gone. Many of these countries, by the bilateral deals, have cut out the dollar. And these bilateral deals now are not taking place between one and two countries. The ASEAN countries on block have, have kicked out the dollar. The EAEAU countries on block are kicking out the dollar. You can see a zone being built all around Asia, Africa, and that's why Putin said be, the Middle East is going to be paying in yuan. So that effectively is a huge blow. But what happens next? Well, Putin said, you know, they, they're going to they're going to accept yuan for for oil and energy. Bang. That's the fuse that's lit to the downfall of the petrodollar. But, and you, if you like, here's why they, they, they're really years ahead. They understand because all, all these countries in the BRICS, they all have what we call fiat, fiat currencies, you know, backed up by thin air and linked to the dollar. But that's changing now. So what do they do? to insulate themselves from the dollar collapse, the total dollar collapse. It's simple. The settlement of terms of trade between countries is settled in gold. In gold. What does that do? Well, it means they can trade in local countries, and then if you've got a negative or a positive balance, either country, you just pay the other country in gold or tokens that represent gold. Can they do it? Yes, of course they can. And people have said, oh, you know, it's not going to work. So why won't it work? How are they going to cure inflation? Well, that's cured. You see, inflation to a large degree 
is a residue of being in a system that was debt-based. You know, it's, it's a, people don't realize it, but the first ever deals done by the Rothschilds and the, the Morganses and the, and the Warburgs, any country, any individ, individual country that took a loan off them, it was written into the contract, you can never pay off the principal. You can only pay off the interest. And when countries then got the situation where they had a lot of money and it, it was obvious that they should pay the principal off, well, then you'd, you'd have a war, you'd have a conflict, you'd have an intervention, something to take that country back down. But that's all done away with on the basis of the development on BRICS. Why? Because the system isn't in private money. It's owned by the people themselves through their governments. It's a different world game that we're talking about now. So you have the scenario where bilateral agreements have been set up. Dozens of countries now, 40, 50 countries, are trading in their local currencies. Groupings of countries are trading in their local currencies. You know, some of the economists, some of the better economists are saying, well, Turkey, you know, it can't survive. It can't survive. You know, look at, uh, look at this inflation, but it is surviving. Why is that? Why? Because it gets cheap energy off Russia, cheap energy off India, off how does it pay for it? People say, yeah, how do they pay for it? They, well, they've got gold, but it's not the gold. They've done credit currency swaps with China. What does that mean? Well, China says, I'll take your currency and I'll give you yuan. Yuan is entirely exchangeable all over the world. It's a powerful currency. It's backed up by the full credit and weight of China, which is enormous, 55% of the world manufacturing trade. Very few debts, huge amounts of money in their savings, in deposit accounts. So it's a really – and is, you, is this developing, credit currency swaps? Well, how about $119 billion in the first quarter of this year? It wasn't, it wasn't $5 billion last year. I'll tell you what, by the end of this year, upwards of a trillion. Wow. Just, just before it all collapses, just before, before the dollar collapses. So in other words, they are making sure that their system will be inoculated, won't be affected to a great degree by what will take place in the fall, not just the dollar, but the euro and the WCC currencies. Now, I've touched upon what would happen then. What would happen then? I come to Trump now because you have to deal with it in context. By the way, Poland's a very important point because it shows that the preparation is being done. Why is Poland you know, having a referendum on the EU? Why is it buying gold? <laughs> Lou, when Trump moved the American embassy to Jerusalem, there was all hell to play. Yeah. Yeah, but nobody's mentioned the fact that Russia's new embassy is being built right next to the American embassy in Jerusalem. Oh, that's brilliant. Doesn't Putin support the Palestinians then? Yeah, of course he does. Does he support the struggle? Yeah, of course he does. So what does that tell you then? What does that tell you? If Putin is moving in his embassy to Jerusalem under Israeli control, would he do that? If he thought that this is going to be the case, we're falling under Israel. That's the way it is. No, 
He would only start building if he knew that Israel was about to fall, that Israel was on its way. And you see, with it, many of the truthers, they hark on to uh, the peace accords, Trump's peace accords. You know, that's a two-state. Those peace accords are gone now. When Israel will be last, he wasn't talking about America sorting out Israel. That's impossible now. Because these nations have all, are all on the multipolar bandwagon. They're not going to have America dictating to them. No chance. What, what, happened, what has happened? I, I mentioned the Arab leagues. The Arab leagues are now right behind the, the API, the Arab Peace Initiative. In other words, going back to the land areas as it was prior to 1967. And when that happens, Syria becomes enormously powerful. So the other countries in the Middle East. Now, when we talk about America and how it's viewed and how the West is viewed, uh, you have a situation. Look at America in Syria. America in Syria controls the oil fields. It gets free oil, just steals it. Israel in the Golan Heights, Syria, just takes the oil and says, oh, we won it in the war. We're having it. Turkey in the Indian field, it also takes the oil. Then you have the Palestinians being treated as if they were subhumans. And then the memory is still there. Let me, people, we always talk about Libya, and it was disgrace what took place. It was a disgrace what took place. But you know, Iran, Iraq needs to be looked at by everybody. When Saddam Hussein was in power just before his overthrow, 2002, how many, there were, there were three dollars, three US dollars to every dinar. Do you understand that, Lou? Hello? Hi. Sorry, Roy, I was on mute. Right. Uh, the, uh, prior, in 2002, Iraq, uh, on, the, on the foreign exchange, yeah. there were $3 to every one dinar. Yep. Does that make sense? Right. Yep. So the Americans come into power, and that's what they are in power. It's 2023. And what do you think the exchange rate now is? Oof. No idea. Wouldn't have a clue. 114,000 dinar to $1. No. That's it. That's it. And by the way, that's come down. So you understand. That's why Matt, yeah, yeah. when it came, they were going to invest in the oil fields. Yeah. We're going, we're going to look after. And they said half a million children could die. And Matt and Albright said, well, you know, that's the price we, they've got to pay. The, the effect on, it, on Iraq, it's been literally it's being changed now. The Iraqi, the Iraqi uh, leadership is getting control. It's banning the dollar, even when the Americans there. The Americans, can you imagine that, you know, a, a barrel of oil, 2002 would have cost them, I don't know, 20, 30 dollars. A barrel of oil now costs them half a dollar, 50 cents. Wow. On the terms of trade they've got. Now they'll hide that by saying, oh, no, we pay the full lot. Look at what we look what we put into Iraq, Iraq. Look what we're doing, etc. They're not doing anything. 
They're robbing oil. The Americans are like leeches in 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 Syria. They're robbing oil, three hundred thousand barrels a day, in uh, in Iraq in Iraq. Everywhere that they go, they steal, they rob, they murder, they pillage, and that's why you have countries. You know the Ghanaian. Prime, uh, uh, Zimbabwean Prime Minister telling the Americans go and get stuffed where the, the the weaker countries don't give a damn now they've lost the fear they know there's still battles to be fought but they've lost it because you have the unity of BRICS and that's indicative by the way I mentioned Poland goes to the EU I mentioned that Putin is building uh, his embassy in Jerusalem. Why would he do that? Why? Because he knows. He knows that the Arab Peace Initiative, every country in the Islamic world now is literally united or becoming united. Israel is caught. It's enclosed. It's the, it's, the internal difficulties are imploding. There'll be no slaughtering of the Israelis. That's not going to happen. But they will go back to 67. You will have coexistence. It might be difficult in the first period, but it will be fine. Many of the Ashkenazi-based Jews will go back to America, go back to Europe, won't want to live in Jerusalem. Now, on Trump and America and the deep state, it's very interesting. I was listening to Durham giving his report, well, a snapshot of it, uh, of his report to Jordan's committee yesterday. And on all, in all areas and aspects, the deep, the deep state is finished. The, America, the deep state in America is about to topple. How long will it take? I don't know. But it's on its back foot because... The conclusion of what Durham had to say was that it's a two-tier justice system and there's a no-win situation in it, and that's for the mass of people. And I, I wondered, why is he saying this then? Effectively, what he's saying is there's only one way now if you're on justice, and that's the military. And I believe that is coming up in the next period. But then you have the elections themselves. Now, I've put forward, I don't believe that Trump will be the nominee for the Republican Party. I don't believe he, I think they will find good, they will find bad reasons, I should say, and excuses to get rid of him. I think that JFK, he's not going to get a chance in the Democratic Party. RFK, RFK. I'm making the same mistake as, uh, as, as, uh, as Trump. As Trump mm. yeah, R RFK. What? Okay. Was it a mistake, though? Was it a yeah. mistake by Trump? Well, well, we've come to that now. So okay. you, you have a situation where I believe that Trump will stand as an independent. Now, it's very interesting that in his interview uh, with Brett Bayer, it's a very good interview, by the way. It should be watched by everybody because it gives away some, some cracking pieces of info. He comes on to... Uh, Comes on to JFK. He's a nice guy, good guy. I've had discussions with him. And also in that interview, you know, one of the things they got disagreed. There are a number of things they got disagreements on. 
But what was interesting, where uh, Bayer asked him, what about your position on, on the job then? Do you still think it was a good thing? And Trump, for the first time, said, well, you know, I've got to, I've got to have a look at that. I have got to have a look at it. But I had to do it. Otherwise, it would have taken 10 to 12 years and, you know, We'd have been lockdowns. So Trump now is going to have a look. He's rethinking his position. Whilst at the same time, he's saying that JFK is a good guy. Uh, RFK is a good guy. And I listened. I was staggered on the Bannon show. Bannon actually came out and said that he thinks that RFK should be the running mate. Now, what he doesn't do is explained for that to happen. They would have, both have to be on independent tickets. And the other thing about it is that's, that is plausible. I think that could take place. But I do not believe, I do not believe for one instance that the election will take place. Now, Trump also then came on to drug dealers. And he said, uh, you know, he said, I was over in China. And uh, they don't have a drug problem there, sir. No one in Singapore. I had a chat with Chi. I said, you don't get a drug problem anymore? No, no, no. He said, how do you stop it? Trial, then execution. If found guilty, you execute them. Now, he said, we've got to put that up. And he said it. You know, he said about the death penalty. Yeah, we'll have to discuss the death penalty. I know people aren't going to like this, he said. But I've got to put it up for discussion. So he comes from Chi. And he puts, he says, we've got to put that forward. He reiterates, and he's reiterated all the time now. Ad nauseum. He's against the wars. I'm against the death of peoples. I'm against military, I'm against conflict. That's not to say, he says, if, we, if anybody tries to attack us, he says, well, that's it. We're away. But what takes place in other countries is up to them. In other words, sovereign rights. And he says, no. I could sort the Ukraine war out in 24 hours, and he could. As for China, no, it wouldn't take place if I was the president, and it wouldn't. And that's the developments that are going to take place. So he has a chat with Xi, and Xi's program he's going to put forward now. And what happened yesterday? Belarus announced that for pedophiles, it's chemical castration and death. Two days previously, Putin has put forward that he is considering positively in the light of young children being raped and sodomized by, he, he highlights the case of a Wagner soldier coming back and young two young girls. Yes, we will consider it of uh, chemical castration or guilty uh, or death. And that also will, uh, will be put in action by Trump. But you've got to ask yourself a question here. Death penalty for drug dealers. Death penalty for pedophiles. Wait now. So Trump, so the special counsel, Durham, says there's a two-tier system. In other words, we're not going to get justice. But Trump's pushing the death penalty for drug dealers. Yeah. Who are the drug dealers? Who are the drug dealers he's talking about? Well, it's not the, the drug dealers on the streets. 
It'll be the cartels, but then it'll be the Clinton family, the Bush cartel and the Bidens. Afghanistan, what Clinton did there, how they organized the opium and poppy fields. This is being put in preparation, not for a two-tier justice system where just, justice can't be done, no. This is for a military courts that are coming forward. They're raising now amongst the masses, you know, the Americans, I think it was even with CNN, 62% believe that Biden's corrupt, believe that Hunter Biden has been given a free pass, which is true. Oh, yeah. But you can see now how they're molding. Imagine if Biden hadn't come in. We wouldn't have had this coming out like this. I don't think anyway. Or if it had been attempted, then the Democrats would say this is horrific. This is a one-party one state. They're doing exactly what they're doing to the, the Republicans. But it's coming out now. And it's raising the consciousness of the American people. They're understanding what the deep state, in, what it's all about, what they're really all about. They're seeing it in front of their faces. You know, the criminally syndicated media is being forced to report it. You know, on the basis of Trump, on the basis of Biden, the 17 conversations. Well, okay, I'm not a betting man, but you get good odds. That's going to be leaked. You're going to hear those conversations. Because that's the period of history that we're in. The developments around pedophilia and pedophiles are beginning to explode globally. Yeah. And then you have the impending, the thing that really wakes the masses up is the rapid collapse of their economies in the, in the, w, in the Western Balkan-controlled countries. How does that happen? The currencies get destroyed. Does it take a long time? No, no, it doesn't. They're being destroyed now. But it's, it's like a, a curve on a graph going upwards that all of a sudden goes into a straight line. Oof. And we're coming near to that moment where debt is exponential and the straight line is there and we're going up. This system, it could form now, anytime. Nobody can predict when, but you haven't got years to wait anymore. This system, especially what I've outlined, is happening with BRICS+. Plus. Look, 85% of humanity is opposed to the cabal. The storehouse of commodities, of precious metals, of precious earth metals, of food, of the basic commodities are under the control of the BRICS Plus countries, the Shanghai Corporation, the ASEAN countries. The manufacturing powerhouse on the planet is China. Yet... Yet the cabal are in the throes of defeat. It's nearly all over with Ukraine. And then we come. I think, we're, I think the issue in the Middle East will be resolved without mass death. It'll be resolved by overwhelming weight of power and being surrounded. And an agreement around the, uh, what the Arab League's before will be achieved. But we then have Taiwan. Now, they have to move. You know, Blinken has to move. The resident has to move quickly. Why? Why? Because the national parties in Taiwan, particularly the new national party, between them, 
they already have over 47% of the population supporting them. Do you know that a thousand Taiwanese went over to the Chinese mainland last week for discussions? They go every three years, they go, well, they had more representatives on the interrelationship, on the investment. So, on the one hand, the, uh, the party in power in Taiwan is the deep state remnants, the last remnants of a deep state party. It's on its way. And they can't afford for elections to take place. If elections take place, there'd be a rapprochement with China. Yeah. And what does Xi say? Does Xi say he's going to take? No. He's still in lines of 50 to 100 years. That's what, it, that's what assimilation is to Xi. In other words, there's not even an issue that they're going to invade and take over Taiwan. And the Americans are aware of that. The deep state is aware of that. But they've got to create it because their system is on the brink of falling. They're on the brink of entering the dustbin of history. Now the mad dog is cornered. There's no way out. Now the mad dog is crazy and will attempt to do crazy things. That's the period of, uh, of world history that we're now in. But it's, 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 it's not a period for demoralization or fear. On the contrary, you know, people say, hey, what about the CBDC? What about it? How the hell can you inaugurate a CBDC that's backed up by thin air if your currency is falling? It doesn't matter no. if you're £10,000 in coins or £10,000 in digital coins. If you can't buy anything in the shop and there's nothing in the shop, there's nothing in the supermarket, that you're not even in the world supply trade, you've been cut off, you can't buy anything. How much gold does Britain have? 310 tons of gold. I tell you what, to anybody who's listening now, Google it. The bullshit they come out with, oh, we're holding thousands of tons of gold. That's what comes out. How much gold is Britain now? Yeah, we are holding thousands of tons. It's not our gold. When you ask them how much are in the, the reserves of the United Kingdom, then it's a little sentence, 310 tons. How much has Canada got? Nothing. Nothing. No gold. There are six countries got nothing. On the, you know, <laughs> it just shows you how ill-prepared it's all going to be. But be of good heart. When Chi said, what if, when Q said, what if Chi, Putin, and others were working with 45 yeah. for the dawn of the new world? And they are. Yeah. It's, not, it's not going to be anything like Mad Max. Yeah. It's not going to be like that. I, what, I once upon a time, I perceived it to be like that, but I was naive. It was a lack of understanding. I think the change from this debt-based system to a system where we, the people, you know, determine what's so, going to happen is on the cusp, is where we're going. So um, all this Nasara Jasara stuff and this transfer, you know, the, the transfer of wealth um, that a lot of people are talking about, what do you say on that? No. You know, no. When people tell me, people say me Nasara Jasara, who's organising Nasara Jasara? When I hear Nasara Jasara, I think of just one person, disinformation artist. Well, you know, who's it's a bit like they say, oh, Roy, you always dismiss peers, exactly this devolution. Yeah, because who's organizing that? Oh, it's done by the good guys. What, within this rotten disease system where there's no justice, where the, the deep state control. So we've wheedled our way in there to try and flip them at a certain stage. I said, I'll tell, tell you what it is. We haven't wheedled our way anywhere. We've exposed these people for what they are. We haven't gone and done it by stealth. We're doing it by showing them 
and we will take care of them. The militaries of the world, Aka Myanmar, will step in and it will be done. There's nothing under everything that's in this system in the WCC is rotten. It's cancerous. Yeah. It's done for. There's nothing you can take out of it. You just gotta, it's it's toxic. And the thing is, it's like that in so many other countries. Every single part of that system is toxic. That's exactly it. The judiciary, the education, you know, we are keeping the clock back. So I say to these people who are are saying about Nassar, Jashara, Piers, yeah, okay. But I believe that the whole system's got to be, because it's toxic, defeated, put in a bag and chucked on the the industry. And and, and the thing I say to to the devolutionists, and the thing I say to the, uh, they, hang on a minute. So everything's sorted, yeah. Who sorted it? If we, if it's the right of nations of self determination, then uh, we'll sort it. We'll sort the constitution. So effectively, Lou, we're at that stage where it can fall at any moment in time. And I believe that uh, the infrastructure of, of the change from a debt based system to uh, a system not based on debt, on sound money, where the money is issued by us, the people, through our respective countries. That's the period of history that we're now entering. So it's, it's, there's nothing to be down about. There's everything to be positive. Don't get taken in by the uh, criminally syndicated media, by the puppets in the cabal. Don't listen to the shit that they come up with. They're lying uh, uh, as, as, they, uh, as the blood is draining from that body, a toxic body, so the lies are increasing. So they're trying to build a vista that never is. Anyway, thanks, Lou. Wow, Roy. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. We're just going to have to try and get another show in next week, Roy, because there's so much we need to go through. So I do hope you're up for that. Um, I completely, again, agree with everything you're saying. Um, the whole thing, especially when it comes to the devolution stuff, I, I'm I'm in complete agreement. The whole thing has to go, every single bit. It shows in this country, in every country, how corrupt the judicial system is, the unfairness, the way people are treated. So, Roy, hopefully, I know how busy you are at home with the family, but hopefully you can spare, maybe not so long um, but maybe we can do half an hour or so next week just on other issues that were covered over the last two years, particularly the children and the exposure of what the elite do with the children and their involvement in child trafficking. Well, really, on that basis, I should interview you. because Yes, maybe you could. That would be a good show. There you are, no problem because you, you get, look, I'm no expert. You literally are one of the leading experts. You know, yeah. on that, on those issues, which are absolutely primary now. It's just this the only, I mean, if we can't look after our children. Finally, I've just, someone's just sent me that um, the lesson content that we've been talking about for the last two years, people are now finally picking up on it. Somebody's just sent me a video of a guy going through the lesson content for nine-year-olds where they're encouraged to have anal sex. So, yeah, yeah we have a lot to talk about. Yeah, they're encouraged. That's how they don't get pregnant, Roy, didn't you know? <laughs> not advising them to get a condoms and but even at nine years of age why that that's surely that's illegal it's absolutely disgraceful but Jesus, this is going uh, on and I'm as Catherine and I both say we will die on this hill 
We are never, ever, they can come and they can chuck whatever they want at us. When it comes to our children, the children of the UK, we are not going to stop. So Absolutely. Absolutely. There you go. Well, Roy, that was amazing. Thank you so much. Let's try and do it again next week, either whether you're interviewing me um, or, you know, we just follow on from today. But people, you have been missed, Roy. So thank you. Uh, no problem at all. Brilliant. No problem. So here we are. Roy is back. I know we have been focusing a lot on the children recently. Um, if you can support us, please do. We were taken down off PayPal for over two years ago now. And... It's never been as tough as what it is. We have a couple of hundred pounds every year for the website. We've got the software. We are struggling. We really are. And I know we've been saying it for the last two years, if you can support us, and there have been a handful of people who really have stepped up. And I just want to thank everyone for that. So libertytactics.co.uk, obviously Royboy17 on Telegram. I'm sorry I haven't been the Telegram I've just put to one side because – Hard, times are a bit harder, so I'm having to put in more hours with work to cover the costs, as we've been predicting, as well as Roy's been telling us. Um, and I still do think, I don't know how you feel, Roy, that it's still probably a good idea to do this stocking up because I know we've been saying it for the last two years, but we are now coming into that time. Without a doubt, Lou. Without, Without a, a doubt. doubt. So just go, when you're going to the supermarket, get a, grab a couple of extra tins, grab some dried pasta, try and do it as healthy as you can. And I have to say that because I work for Clive DeCarl. So try and do it. I know it's not always easy. I know prices are just going up and up and up and up and up. Um, but you need to have a little something in reserve for, as Roy said, that short period of time. And you can go back over all the shows that we have done about getting prepared for you know financial collapse. You can go back. Anyway, I'm waffling. Roy will be back next week. I'm back tomorrow. I've got the lovely Gemma Cooper coming on tomorrow. She uh, works a lot with Tess Lowry. They were up at the Better Way conference. Uh, she had me and Kimberly on her show a few months ago. And um, we are returning to We're going to have Gemma on. She is ex-BBC. She did get uh, grassed up because she was at the protests over COVID. Her colleagues at the BBC dobbed her in. And um, now she's found freedom, sharing the truth. So um, looking forward to that. LibertyTactics.co.uk, obviously publicchildprotectionworlds.org. Thank you so much for bearing with us and sticking with us. Let me tell you what I've been through, baby Lived a life that was hella unfair Seen things that been driving me crazy In a country where the leaders don't care Didn't think we had the courage to change it Tore it down and they weren't prepared Everything that they kept us from saying Now we talking and they better be scared Take and take and take from us Tell us what and who to love Swear I finally had enough It's time to rise above
communism sucks Hard for me to give a fuck Try to tell them and they try to keep it on the hush Middle finger up Turn into a fist They wanna keep the poor poor so they never rich If you wanna see the future look into the past Been a century of silence we gon' take it back I'm just stating facts Tell you how it is Ain't no way to change shit if we don't resist Take it, take it, take from us Tell us what and who to love Swear I finally had enough Cause I'm lies above Fuck the CCP! Fuck the CCP! 